Hi, everyone. This is Matthew Bodnarik, one of the producers for Upfront with the Archbishop. On today's episode, we're talking about World Day of the Poor and the Church's relationship with those who are suffering and in need. Together We Serve is our Archdiocesan annual appeal, and we invite you to give to Together We Serve, which supports organizations such as the Society of St. Vincent de Paul as a way to take care of those who need support in our local community. Click on the link in the show notes to give today. God bless you and enjoy today's episode. Well, Your Grace, it's great to be back Hi in the there. studio with yeah, you. Yeah, good to see you. We both just came back from the priest's midterm assembly yeah, that yeah. was unfold. At the time of this recording, it was unfolding for about three days. Mm. Um, how did that go? How was it gathering oh, it was with good. all the priests? It was good. It's always, um, it's just always good to get together as, as uh, men who share us. A sacramental bond. You know? mm. So what we do in the Archdiocese, we'll do that a couple times a year. So there's an assembly for the priests in May, which is usually held in Jasper, poor us. We've come, oh, we, we have to make me. the sacrifice, go to the mountains, which is kind of a beautiful. And yeah. that's, um, those are study days, look at a particular topic. Okay. Um, but we realize we need something more than just once a year. So we do what we call mid term it happens to fall in november get together for three days and that's a mix so it could be um, a topic we want to delve into more deeply for understanding or it could just be a lot of administrative kind of things that uh, we need to look at to make sure everybody's all on the same page we're walking together in this but the heart of it all is fraternity you know and in this in the second one in midterm the priests get together with the deacons and they're, they're such close and important collaborators it's really good to be together so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very, very much. It was in many ways intense, um, but the men were, were very much engaged, a lot of good feedback, and and uh, ready just to continue moving forward. So it was good. And we had a lot yourselves and others from the team here at the Pastoral Center, and that also showed the interconnectedness of of the various ministries. It was a beautiful sense, I thought, of the co-responsibility that we all share for the mission of the gospel and wanting to find new ways to collaborate, communicate together, and walk together. So it was yeah. good. I had a funny moment because I was looking for a particular deacon, oh, yeah. and all of the deacons and priests were lined up in this very, 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 very long hallway that was okay. at the venue. All right. And oh, they were doing some pictures of the game. Yes. Well, everyone was lined up for, for I think, lunch. Oh. And I was okay. trying to find one deacon in a sea of men with similar hair color, the exact same outfit. So I was, <laughs> and I know, you know, so many of these priests and deacons just working the archdiocese, but I actually had to keep tapping people on the shoulder because in yeah, the, so and so, yeah. yeah, oh, so, no, wrong deacon, wrong deacon, <laughs> wrong deacon. Uh, and I was dressed in black too. So it was men in black. It really was, uh, yeah. yeah, men on a mission. Yes. That's men on I a like mission. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Well, that's wonderful. It really is. It's edifying to know that our priests, our clergy gather together to refresh and stay on mission. Critically important. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about uh, an upcoming commemoration in our liturgical calendar, um, a new tradition that Pope Francis actually instituted in 2016. That is the World Day of, World Day of the Poor. Right. Right, yeah, and it was, I think it was, I believe it was at the end of the Jubilee Year of Mercy mm-hmm. that Pope Francis instituted World Day of the Poor. Could you talk a little bit about the connection of what was that Jubilee Year of Mercy uh, that we were celebrating in 2016? Well, you know, these are, these are things that I think uh, we realized would, in some form or another, be coming right from the time that Pope Francis was elected. I remember actually 
being there in the square when the white smoke came up. Oh, you were there, and, and, and of so, course. And so the world's attention was focused upon this man who came to us from the third world, from, from Latin America, from um, a country that's developed in its own right economically, for sure, Argentina. It's got its economic challenges, but a lot of poverty, a lot of poverty there throughout South America. And the Pope himself was a man of the poor and was deeply, as Archbishop of Buenos Aires, was, was deeply immersed in their lives. And so we all said, okay, something's going to come forth from this man. And I remember being present in St. Peter's Square for his first Mass as Pope on the Feast of St. Joseph. And when he started to preach, we were all straining to hear. This voice seemed so soft. You know, what, what's he saying? Are you trying to hear? Until he started to speak about the poor. Then his voice became so strong and clear, filled St. Peter's Square and the area around. And we all said, okay. This is this is um, this is a major, probably the principal priority for this man to draw to the world's attention the plight of the poor, and he has done that. And so the year of mercy that was instituted out of the recognition that we all need mercy. That was um, 2016. Right, but it would make sense to come out of that uh, to say, all right, a particular focus for us who are all called to be merciful to one another and indeed to ourselves, calling at all times upon the mercy of God without which we cannot live. Let's focus in particular upon the poor. Mm-hmm. And so we instituted this year that that uh, annual event, which now would be, as you say, in its seventh instance. Yeah, yeah. so we're celebrating it on November 19th mm-hmm. this year. And it's... It's interesting because every year that uh, this is celebrated, as with many uh, global Catholic events, Pope Francis releases a letter. Sure. And yeah, it's, I was reading it through for the letter for World Day of the Poor. And it's really interesting because he highlights a book in the Bible uh, that doesn't often get highlighted. Mm -hmm. One that I'd actually forgotten about, the book of Tobit, which as I understand it, it's one of the, I believe, seven books that Martin Luther removed so from the Protestant the, the, Bible. The Deuterocanonical books, yeah. That's right. So I thought we could actually read a little bit from okay, this letter sure. of Pope Francis. Um, actually, if you would be willing no, to read. To. Sure. And then we can discuss this, the theme of the letter, which right here, the theme for Pope Francis's letter is, do not turn your face away from anyone who is poor. Mm. And that's from Tobit 4.7. So the entire letter explores this character of Tobit and Tobias, these characters in, in this book of the Bible. Um, yeah, so if you but, want to read a little bit. Highlights a timeless command, right? So yes. Tobit, the book of Tobit, that's, that's hundreds and hundreds of years ago that that would have been written. Right? Yes. And yeah. yet what we have is this timeless injunction. Yeah. Don't turn your face away from the poor. Okay, let's, sure, I'll take a look. Yeah. So yeah. what have you got here? You've got, uh, looks like something from the... Intro? Right from the beginning, the first paragraphs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what he says is this, a great river of poverty is traversing our cities and swelling to the point of overflowing. It seems to overwhelm us, so greater the needs of our brothers and sisters who plead for our help, support, and solidarity. For this reason, on the Sunday before the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the universe, we gather around his table to receive from him once more the gift and strength to live lives of poverty and to serve the poor. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in that. There is a 
There's a lot in that. Just so, just just thinking as 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 I read this, this on the Sunday before the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. Jesus came among us, and as he self-identified by reference to the prophecy of Isaiah, remember that when he went to his hometown synagogue in Nazareth and he stood up to read from the scroll, the Lord has sent me to bring good news to the poor. It's the very, the very, very first thing. You know? And then what the, the Pope is highlighting here, so that highlights the priority for of God himself, that preferential option that God has revealed his son Jesus. So we have to pay very, very close attention to that. But then the Pope goes on. He says, to pray to Jesus for the gift and the strength to live lives of poverty yeah. and to serve the poor. There's one, that first part's easy to jump over, right? We're called to serve the poor. Well, of course we're called to serve the poor, but here he says, live lives of poverty. And you know, I've often thought, we're all poor, I don't care how wealthy I might be, how many possessions I might have. There is within each and every one of us a constituent of poverty. It's part of our essence in the sense that... Constitu... So it, it, it's part and parcel of who I am to be poor, meaning that I am radically dependent upon God for all things. All is gift, St. Paul. What do you have that you haven't received? No, we bring nothing into the world, we take nothing out. Radical, radical poverty. Are we willing to recognize that and live from that? So living a life of poverty is not only living a life of, I would say, simplicity or the poverty of enough, having enough for our basic needs, but it's also recognizing that in all things we are radically poor. And the more I think we come in terms with that, the more we are open and receptive to reach to those whose essential poverty is manifest in material want and material need. It, it establishes right from the very beginning a radical equality among all human beings who do share an essential poverty. Yeah. So if we have a false sense of superiority around our material, material wealth... Yeah, there's no ground for that, then it, for sure. Yeah, especially when... We consider that spiritual poverty is is it is much worse than material poverty in, in a in, sense. In many ways, well, it's Mother Teresa, wasn't it? Mother Teresa yeah. of Calcutta that said the worst form of poverty is loneliness. I mean, there are many different forms of poverty, and the Pope's getting that in his very the opening line that we've can, have been given here: a great river of poverty. That's that's a remarkable image. Is traversing our cities and swelling to the point of overflowing. Seeing it all the time here. So, um, all the tent cities that are popping up, it seems everywhere. You know? Even in Edmonton. Even in Edmonton and the outskirts, and even in our smaller towns, you know. Um, and 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 there are many, many people of goodwill that are struggling around this. What's what's going on? How can we help? How do we reach out? So, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that there is a response being triggered. You know, at various levels of society, when we see material poverty, uh, so much in our faces, as it were. Um, but what more can we be doing? And so um, to have the World Day of the Poor is really to keep this to the forefront of our minds as an inescapable priority that must continually be occupying our minds, not just one day, but throughout. It's interesting, too, because in that, in that paragraph, 
Pope Francis also talks about how World Day of the Poor is one week before Christ the King, Lord mm-hmm. of the Universe. And if I'm remembering correctly, that particular feast also isn't that old in the church. It was established in the 1920s. I don't remember which pope it would have been, possibly a Pope Pius, but either way, it was a pope in the 1920s that established it, established the feast of Christ the King, Lord of the Universe, because of the rise of secularism, uh, materialism, and atheism that he was seeing after that's a, World that's War One, observation, yeah, which is a poverty. Yeah. yeah, that's a. Whenever, yeah. sure, really, the greatest, the greatest form of poverty is lack of any sense of God. My heavens, that leaves us utterly destitute, spiritually, psychologically, and in every other way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's a few more paragraphs that we thought to read, also from Pope Francis's letter, uh, that talks more about this book of Tobit, the mysterious book of Tobit from the Bible. All right. So let me just, um, let me just read here what he has. These are three paragraphs. Okay. A quote, do not turn your face away from anyone who is poor. Unquote. That's from Tobit. The Pope goes on. These words help us to understand the essence of our witness by reflecting on the book of Tobit, a little known text of the old Testament, yet one that is charming and full of wisdom. We can better appreciate the message the sacred writer wished to communicate. Let's hold on, um, before I go on, let's hold on to that essence of our witness. I think that's something we should come back to. That of Tobit is a remarkable story, a faithful husband and a caring father. He was deported far from his native land, where he suffered unjustly, persecuted by the king and mistreated by his neighbors. Despite being such a good man, he was put to the test. As sacred scripture often teaches us, God does not spare trials to those who are righteous. Why? It's not to disgrace us, but to strengthen our faith in him. Tobit, in his time of trial, discovers his own poverty, which enables him to recognize others who are poor. That's probably what we were talking about a few minutes ago. Mm. He is faithful to God's law and keeps the commandments. But for him, this is not enough. He can show practical concern for the poor because he has personally known what it is to be poor. His advice to Tobias, that's his son, Thus becomes his true testament. Do not turn your face away from anyone who's poor. In a word, whenever we encounter a poor person, we cannot look away. For that would prevent us from encountering the face of the Lord Jesus. Uh, as often, Keep your mic close. Thank you. As often as you did this for one of the least of these, you did it for me. So Jesus, his own self-identification with the poor, with the lonely, with the imprisoned, and so on. So that's what's behind this um, injunction from the Holy Father not to turn away our face because we'd be turning our face away from the Lord Jesus. But he's also focusing here at the, at the opening paragraph that we read uh, how it pertains to the essence of our witness. We're called to give witness before the world to the truth of the gospel. And even as I say that, my mind's going back to St. John Paul II. Um, and the words that he used, I believe it was for the canonization of St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, I have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, he said this, evangelization passes through charity. So it's in our outreach, our loving outreach to those who are in need, born of the love that we know Christ bears for us, the love that we give to him in return that flows over and 
finds expression in concrete assistance, that's the most effective way to give witness to the truth of the gospel, to evangelize, to announce Christ. Evangelization passing through charity. I think that's what the Pope is getting at here. Yeah. It's this character of Tobit and then his son Tobias. I There's a lot of similarities also to the book of Job because Tobit really gets the worst things happen to him. Oh, yeah. The book's quite the adventure to read because yeah, it's it just the worst things happen to this guy. Yeah. But he had, there's this one part that I love that he's, he's passing on uh, like a spiritual Testament to his mm-hmm. son, Do- mm-hmm. Tobias. And again, Tobit's gone through the worst, but he still keeps reiterating the faithfulness of God, but he's very humble. Even in his, it's, he's, you know, he has the wisdom and the stature of a, of a mentor and someone who's mm-hmm. lived a lot of life, but he's very so conscious of the fact that he really is nothing without God. And he has been impoverished literally in his life, but he's still, he's still so committed to the Lord. And he keeps telling his son, Tobias. But the phrase you used stay is close. He, he knew he was nothing without the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Do, there, that's, that's what it means to be poor. We are nothing. Literally. With, <laughs> truly. Yeah. Without the Lord. Do we live from that reality? Do we live from that awareness? And do we allow that awareness to open our eyes and our hearts to those whose whose uh, radical nothingness without God, if I can put it that way, uh, finds expression in material want? And then how can we not want to reach out and to offer assistance and to help? Well, it's interesting, too, because when that idea of we are nothing without God, to me it's similar to a simple statement like, Jesus Christ is the king of my life. It's, it's very simple, especially if you're a cradle Catholic, you've heard it a hundred times. And so it can, you can be almost a little bit um, numb to the, what that actually means. Yep. But if you con- contemplate over and over, oh, I actually am nothing. I wouldn't even exist without God. I wouldn't mm. be able to talk, breathe. If I am wealthy, none of this would be possible without God. If I'm, if I'm poor, the fact that I am alive and may have people who can support me, that would not be possible without God. Um, it's one of those things you're like, oh, yeah, of course, I'd be nothing without God. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, but add to that what you just said a minute ago about sovereignty. The Lord is king. The Lord is yeah. sovereign over my life. Nothing is exempted from that. Right? So what does it mean? If I, if I am blessed with possessions, right, what does it mean to say that God is sovereign, the Lord Jesus is sovereign over my possessions, over their use? So as I look at, what I have and how I'm making use of it, am I making a prior reference to Jesus and how I use my possessions is reflective of my recognition of his sovereignty over me. Now that I found one time talking to a gentleman who was well-placed to help others materially by giving financial gifts, very, very generous man, very generous. And I remember speaking to him at one point about it, just thanking him for his generous support and he said, well, it's not my money. It's God's money. And I thought, well, does that ever capture this, this sense of the Lord's sovereignty over all things? The, the sense that I'm nothing without God. I would not be here were it not for God's love and God's grace. And therefore, I have no choice but to say, how would God have me use the resources at my disposal? And clearly, what's coming through from, from Scripture, from the witness of Christ himself, and now being uh, emphasized here by the Holy Father in the World Day of the Poor, is that 
you know, when we do have material resources and there are others who are in need, how are we using, how are we using what we have um, to be of assistance to them? And of course, a lot of people, I mean, in Canada right now, it's very true that there's only a small portion of the population that's actually incredibly affluent or right. wealthy, right? For for a lot of people, um, we're in the middle class or even lower than the middle class in terms of our um, financial status. But it's interesting when we talk about God being sovereign over everything, including our finances, that also gives us freedom and and the peace to be able to give generously with the knowledge that God will take care of me. This isn't my money anyway. So even yeah. if I only yeah. have 10 bucks in the bank and I, I feel compelled to give two or three or four of those dollars to the poor, to others in need, I don't have to be, as long as I'm not being reckless, I don't have to worry that God's going to abandon me after I'm generous. Well, you've probably right? heard the phrase, God will not be outdone in generosity. Yes. And many, many who have the experience myself, you know, when you give, in some ways, all of a sudden you, you experience it coming back, you know, you give and then it comes back and the more that you can give. So the, God will not be outdone in generosity. We need to have no fear. But all at his service, and his service primarily is towards the poor. Well, it's as we approach World Day of the Poor, again, November 19th, a lot of different archdioceses and dioceses will spotlight different organizations that people can uh, support financially, especially on World Day of the Poor. And in our archdiocese, we are especially spotlighting the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, which we have so yeah. many people in this archdiocese, so many institutions doing good, right? Yeah. Doing good things. And I'm just so edified whenever I see it. So St. Vince de Paul, that's one of my favorite organizations. They they make they make the effort to be out and actually to visit, to encounter people, to meet them as individuals, and not just, okay, what do you need? How can we help? But how do we establish a relationship of trust and, and solidarity. We also have uh, Catholic Social Services. My, oh my, the good that they do. And when, we, when the Pope uses that phrase, a river of poverty, whenever I have visited many of their sites where they're making concrete differences, positive differences in the lives of people, the river of poverty, the river of destitution that's flowing there, and yet they're, they're doing what they can and often a great, great heroic effort and great effect, positive effect, um, making significant dis- differences in people's lives. Think of all the different outreaches that take place through our parish communities, whether people donate through the local food bank or, or whatever it might be. Um, lots going on. So this would be an opportunity uh, for all of us to say, all right, I want to help. There are many institutions in our archdiocese where I can give and through which I can give. Let's... Um, now, you often make reference in this to show notes. I don't know. As yeah, well, in the show notes, we'll definitely have direct links to, to different organizations, places. especially St. Vincent de Paul, who we really want to give a special shout out to this glad year. To, glad they, to give that shout out. Yeah. I, was reading, I was reading their annual report, and they've, in the last year, their past fiscal year, they served over 10,000 people just in our local yeah. area. And that is yeah. everything from going to people's homes and bringing them what they need, shipping furniture to yeah. people who don't have furniture, it's quite an operation. food, I'm clothing. Very impressed. Yeah. And they just yeah. opened a new distribution center. Yeah. I think you did a tour I, of it I in Edmonton. I did a tour and I blessed it. I just, it's amazing. Oh, it is. But the people are amazing. 
people behind it. Yeah, they're giving their lives to yeah. serve those who. And I mean, it's not. It, it is humbling. I know that if you're if someone's in need and needs to ask, they really treat everyone with dignity too. You know, there can be an understandable discomfort, and I sure. appreciate that they're sure. not. They're, they're very sensitive. They're so yeah, so gracious to everyone that they serve. They need a lot of volunteers. Too. Yes, volunteers so, and people money. People are willing to step up and um, yeah, add to the numbers. Yeah. It is such beautiful and necessary work. Yeah. The one thing I wanted before we close that I wanted to ask you about was you made reference to this preferential option. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a jargony term, but I know that in Catholic social teaching, there's reference to the preferential, uh, what is it? The preferential, preferential option for the poor. Preferential, yeah. Preferential option for the poor. Yeah. What is that? Well, look, we serve everyone. Obviously we want to serve everyone, whatever their needs are. Yeah. But there's a certain, without, sounding exclusionary of anybody else, uh, there's a certain special place in the heart, in the Christian heart, for those who are poor, those who are in need. And that comes from the teaching of Jesus himself, the witness of Jesus himself, who made himself poor, that we might in him become rich. And so to the degree that we are living in communion with the Lord Jesus Christ through faith and through the sacraments, um, his preference, not exclusive, but his preference for the poor mm-hmm. cannot help but become our own. So amongst all the different things that we seek to be doing to live our Christian life, all the good deeds we must be doing, mm-hmm. that means always asking, all right, where is care for the poor among the different options that I'm looking at? Let's make sure that they continue to have pride of place. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Your Grace. This has been really edifying. It's an um, important topic. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, especially discussing scripture, bringing it to the, the word of sure, God directly. Yeah. It's always wonderful. Well, everything comes from that. That's yeah. where it all begins. Yeah. Well, anyone who's listening, um, we really do encourage you to check out the the show notes and to give generously, whether that's in your time or financially, um, to the Vincent so DePaul Society yep. um, and so many other organizations. And maybe you're not even in the Archdiocese of Edmonton listening, but you know, seek out who is your diocese supporting right now, especially. Yep. Give generously. The Lord's going to take care of all of us. Absolutely right. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, thanks. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Hope you found it helpful along your your journey of faith. Please know that I'm praying for you. And if you would, be so kind as to pray for us also. Every blessing to you. God bless. God bless.